Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the In the Blue Paint podcast. We are back with now episode. This should be six. Can't believe it's already been. It'll be seven weeks since I skipped one. We're seven weeks into this now. Um, it's Super Bowl week, or today was actually, but today's still Sunday. Yeah. So today was Pro Bowl Day, everyone's favorite week of the NFL season because the Pro Bowl is oh so good to watch. But more relevant to this podcast was All Star Weekend for the National Hockey League, which somehow manages to might be worse than the Pro Bowl, which is hard to do. Um, I had a fun week. We're going to talk about me this weekend. Um, Someone woke up Friday and could not keep water down for a solid 12 hours and was in the emergency room with an IV. But thankfully, I was back at home in time to watch the skills competition to continue to be disappointed all evening. Now, normally, I love the skills competition. I've never really been a big fan of the All-Star game. It just, they, and all the All-Star games across all of the sports have the, they're just here so they don't get fined. Thank you, Marshawn Lynch, for such a quote. But it's just, it's in the middle of the season. They clearly don't want to be there. No one wants to get hurt. No one really wants to try. But they're there. And the game really shows that. But I always felt like the skills competition was a better opportunity for the players. You know, there's reasons to win the the fastest skater, the hardest shot. I mean, the save streak competition that they do the, the last few years. I think can't tell you how many years they've done that now. And the other events, there's a reason to win those. You know, there's always the story of, is Connor McDavid going to win it this year? You know, in the past, is it going to be, excuse me, is it going to be Zidane Chara winning hardest shot? Like I said, Connor McDavid winning fastest skater. Who's going to win accuracy? Those have all been interesting to me. And I've always, like I said, I've always been more excited to watch that than the actual all-star game. This year, I had such high expectations for it. It was it was Vegas. I'm expecting to show the NHL so clearly just wants a gif. It just wants a clip. It wants something that they can throw on media and it to go viral. And Vegas was going to be the answer to that. Vegas is, they called it so many damn times on this broadcast. Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. Sure, it is. Whatever. We're here to do hockeys. You know, it's whatever. So they unveiled these two new events. Let's go back to the last All-Star game. I believe it was in... They put, What year was the last? It, okay, so it would have been... Wow, what a stupid question. It would have been 2020 since you skipped 2021. Um, Where was it? Was it St. Louis? I try to type with two hands up a little quicker. Yeah, St. Louis. So they tried to do something different in St. Louis by getting them this real gimmicky event. And the gimmicky event was like the players on the concourse trying to shoot at nets the size of the puck on the ice and it took them 45 something minutes to set it up the event sucked it was awkward broadcast and then 
just it was just overall just terrible for people from what I've heard. Of course, I wasn't there. But from people there called it just abysmal to sit through because you can't see the player. You can't. They're not hitting the net. It took 45 minutes, like I said, for them to set it up. And then on the TV, it was just like this long, awkward pause. And then this bunch of nothing happening on TV. But redemption. We got two years since then. That was 2020. We're back at 2022 in Las Vegas. Like I, like they said, ugh, the entertainment capital of the world. So I'm expecting a great show. And they unveiled these two new events. They are the face-off challenge or what was it? The Oh, gosh, i got to pull up the name. I'm sorry. It's Like I said, it was a long weekend. Skills. Competition Angel. Perfect. Let's look at this. Um, okay, so what were the two new events actually called? I probably should have looked this up before, and I am so sorry. Fountain Face Off. This I was interested in to see how they would do it. And it was essentially they put a platform in the middle of the Bellagio Fountain in Vegas and they shot, they, they saucered pucks onto these little targets on the lake. And it was pre-recorded. It, it was the most awkward programming I've ever seen. It was just so bad. I mean, it, it the thing that made it so much worse is that the commentator that did this was, I'm not saying I could have done better. But the commentator was terrible and was just annoying. And they get this event. The players obviously didn't want to be there, and they're complaining it's cold. It's a, kind of a stupid event in the first place. But, you know, I'll give them credit. They tried something new. Um, Roman – no, sorry, Zacharensky won that. Roman Yossi definitely should have, but got stuck on the stupid event. And instead of his 11 seconds he took in the – First round of the final, he took 47. That shows you what a great event it was. The other new event they did was, I believe it's called 21 and 22. Yes. What the hell was this? It was like the players take turns shooting at like a board of cards and they had to reach 21. Okay, it's blackjack, hockey box. That's cool. Vegas theme. Okay, Joe Pavelski doesn't mess. He gets two shots. And then they just, like, continue the order. And it's like, well, when you get to 21, you go to the final. No, it wasn't even you go to the final. It was just, like, I can't even explain what they did because I was watching. I couldn't understand because it was like, okay, now everyone has to get to 21. And two people did, and they just get, got to keep shooting until they got to it. And then it got to Austin Matthews, my baby, my future baby daddy. And it just, he didn't get a chance because like, oh, there's no more aces. I guess the event's over. And I'm sitting there like, what the hell you mean the event's just over? There's still two people that haven't had a chance. And it was just, again, it was pre-recorded. It was the same commentary. And the players just awkwardly laughing, trying to fill airtime. And it's just, what were they thinking? The last thing this needs competition. This competition needs is more pre-recorded junk. It's 
if they want to do the all-star game as a TV spectacle, you need to make these pre-recorded stuff great. If you don't want it to be more TV, if you just want it to tailor towards the city it's in, that's great. That's fine. Don't do pre-recorded garbage the fans can't see in the arena. You can't have both. You have to pick one or the other. If you want it to be a TV spectacle, do that. Do it correctly. If you want it to be in the arena, do it in the damn arena. It's not... This year's skills competition pissed me off so much. But the thing that I think pissed me off the most was the fan favorite that they brought back. They brought back the Breakaway Challenge. I used to love the Breakaway Challenge where they had it. I think the last year they had it was 2016. And it's just, it's a great way for the players to show off skills and personality. And especially in the National Hockey League where we get so little of player personality, the Breakaway Challenge is actually a place where they're encouraged to show it on like every single other platform around this sport, which discourages their personality. And it starts off with Kirill Kaprizov. And he, it was a real simple what he did, but, you know, he put on, he had the Ovechkin jersey, tribute to fellow Russian who couldn't make it to the All-Star game. And, you know, the jersey, the Capitals helmet, whatever he does, is go, I can't even remember what, the, what he did. But the whole thing was Ovechkin. Great. You know, not a, clearly not intended to be a winner, but we'll give him, I see what he was trying to do. And then Trevor Zegris comes out. Oh my gosh, I didn't, like, I knew Trevor Zegers was stupidly talented. I did not realize he could do this. He comes out in an average Joe's dodgeball hockey jersey thing. Closer to dodgeball, it's real. And I love the movie Dodgeball, so I'm like, he is not. And he gets blindfolded at center ice and all the, the mascots kind of screwed up a bit, but it's fine. They were supposed to come out. They were supposed to throw dodgeballs at him as he's making a shootout attempt. He does this ridiculous move. I have a hard time believing he's actually blindfolded with how impressive this move is. And he scores, and the whole arena goes nuts. And someone only gave him an 8 or a 9 or something like that, the judges. And I was like, this is amazing. The breakaway challenge is back. That's great for the league. And then Jack Hughes comes up, and he was great. Oh, no, was it? It was Debrinkat next. It doesn't matter. We'll do Debrinkat. He, Debrinkat comes out, and he's dressed as the guy from The Hangover. I love that movie. They bring out Mike Tyson pulling the, the tiger on the leash. That was hilarious. Derek Carr, I forget who was with Derek Carr, but another player for the Raiders comes out. They toss um, the bring cat, the football, he uses the hockey puck. It's hilarious. Okay. It's great. I didn't, it scored above Zegris. I want to say no, just below Trevor Zegris, but it was great. I loved it. And then Jack Hughes comes out and he does the magic trick and he gets little Hughes out of the, the magic box or whatever. And then the little kid Hughes, Throws the stick over with Jack over the glass like he did in his overtime winner. I forget against who. And that was so fun. And I'm like, this is the greatest. I, you know, I thought Zegers was better than Hughes, but you know, I can live with Hughes winning. And then freaking Alex Petrangelo comes out. And I'm like, okay, let's see what a defenseman can do. And he does this stupid 
whatever, nothing. And then this shows how tone deaf the National Hockey League is. Carrot Top starts chirping him from the stands. And I'm sitting there like, what the hell is I watching right now? And so the Vegas drum line comes out, lines up the goal. Petrangelo does this normal, you don't realize you're on a breakaway until the last second kind of move, misses the net. And then because John Hamm is a Blues fan and Petrangelo was with the Blues when they won the cup, John Hamm was for some reason allowed to give him a 19. And they're like, well, since he plays for Vegas and we're in Vegas, we're going to allow it. And I'm saying, like, what the hell? That was by far the worst of the however many they had, and that's our winner. But I feel bad for because I know you actually could bet on the winners, and every single other person except maybe Kaprizov did a better job. I would have even – no, screw it. I would have said Kaprizov did something more interesting. Um, did Everyone did better except Petrangelo, and of course he wins because – Vegas is so far up the NHL ass, pardon my French. It just made me so angry. I'm sorry. Like the the breakaway challenge is terrible. Um Save Streak was great. I I always tend to like that event. But the one thing I didn't like about this year is the fact that it was tandems. It was two goalies per division were competing together. But my baby Jack Campbell still won with Andre Vasilevsky. So I'll take it. Tristan Joy did not do great, but you know, it was a fun event. I liked it better when they like the goalies were doing it themselves and they could have like their music playing. And I think Marc Andre Fleury picked Let It Go from Frozen. See, like we had moments like Marc Andre Fleury's where they have iconic memories built through these events, and just none of it happened this year. Except maybe Zegris, and he didn't win. <laughs> um, so we had Save Streak. Everyone kind of knows Save Streak by now. It's been there long enough. Fastest skater. What the hell is going on there? Because they're quite a bit slower than what they usually are. And McDavid now has not won fastest skater since 2019. Um, which is crazy to think. But it was, I mean, it was cool to see Jordan Kyrou win a big upset. McDavid finishing fourth. They were so much slower than previous records this year. I wonder they're like the, the low humidity in Vegas might have a role. I'm like, I don't know how big a role it's going to play, but. Whatever, say what you want. Um, but, you know, fun. Weird to see McDavid finish work, but good for Jordan Cairo. Um, hardest shot. At, again, felt, I'm like, there's no way that Tom Wilson is legitimately clapping a 101 mile an hour slap shot. But what it kind of felt like was it 2020 where they had, I forget which player it the old time player that came out and they're like, Oh yeah, he's going to use his wooden stick and he shoots hundred miles an hour in like his sixties. And everyone went, okay, sure he did. Uh, <laughs> but Victor Hedman wins that. He shoots 103.2. Nowhere close to Zidane Chara's record of 108.8 back in 2012. I doubt we're going to see any man beat that mountain of a man in that competition. Uh, did I miss any of that? Accuracy shooting. I like the accuracy shooting, but it for some reason, it just wasn't interesting to me this year. Just because I think that, yeah, they did it last, and it was after all the pre-reported junk, and you're just, it's already gone on for how long? I Like I said, I was sick. I just wanted to go home. I, not home. I was in my bed. I just wanted to go to sleep by this point. 
And I got Sithiarchus shooting. Somehow, I don't know how Leon Dreisaitl managed to take 36 and a half seconds to hit four targets from, was it, 25 feet away. Did you, one of the best players in the league? Jake Gensel, though, almost got nines. He was so close. He was maybe a few inches away from that last target. He almost went 4 for 4. But we went 4 for 5. Sebastian Ajo does go 4 for 4, though. Goes at 10.937 seconds to win that event. Good for him. Always a big supporter of Sebastian Ajo. Um, so we get this skills comp. And it, you know, while seeing Fastest Skater and Jordan, Jordan Cairo may have been the only positive thing from the actual memorable, there's the word, memorable thing from this year's skills competition. And I'm like, whatever, it's a bad year. Let's hope tomorrow. See, my problem was is I thought that the next day might be better. That's on me. So I sleep for, I think I went to bed at 9 and woke up at 9. It was was a rough weekend. And so I wake up. For some reason, I... Before I say the time, I'm Central Time Zone for any of those who don't know by now. I live in Texas. Uh, so at 2 o'clock in the afternoon for some reason on Saturday, I called out of work. Good thing I did because I wouldn't have been able to watch the event. If my boss listens to this, I did not call out for that reason. I had a doctor's note. Uh, <laughs> um, so I sit through the All-Star game. And it is just... I hate the All-Star game so much. It just looks like some dudes at a stick and puck that are playing three on three for some reason. And the person I feel bad for most, other than me for sitting through this and feeling like I have to to see if I can get an article up about it, is the poor goalies who every chance they face is a grade-A chance. And, of course, the players aren't trying until they're about two feet in front of the net. And, of course, no one's trying defensively. That's why we're seeing so many goals it's ridiculous and you feel bad for every goalie involved frederick anderson played all right but you know it's you saw some flashes of impressive play like when a player gets on a breakaway it's always fun to see them uh john gibson made a great save uh, for the pacific division yeah he's in eagles Ironheim. yeah um quadru wins the mvp of the all-star game good for him he's the only player that looked like he gave a damn to put it simply and I don't know why he gave a damn. So I saw a tweet, I forget who it was, that said, uh, Quadru looks like he's he's putting together an audition tape for getting traded at the deadline. And that just, <laughs> yes, pretty much. That's what Quadru was doing this weekend. So that was the All-Star game. We're going to talk about where they're going next. Um, the next All-Star game, uh, Adam Wilde was saying on the Steve Dingle podcast, so they should do it in Vegas every year after this. Please don't do it in Vegas again. So I don't have to hear them call it the entertainment capital of the world again. They're going to be doing it in Sunrise, Florida, home of the Florida Panthers. And all four Florida Panthers fans might be there. They might get free tickets. Um, And then the next Winter Classic is going to be in Fenway Park in Boston, Massachusetts. Good for the Bruins. Uh, We'll get back to that. Don't worry. Uh, Good for the Panthers to get to host an All-Star game. Uh, their coach calling them the most entertaining team to watch in the league right now. I have to agree. They can't stop scoring goals. Uh, hopefully, this, the hosting the All-Star game can help them maybe get some more fans in the building and create some more interest for the sport in the area. That would be good since the franchise seems to be really turning itself around recently. To the Winter Classic, uh, Gary. My sweet Gary. Gary, Mr. Bettman. My sweet, sweet Gary. 
why are we doing this? I get we need to put the Winter Classic in in cold cities, whatever. No, we don't. We put it in the, the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, Texas. I can assure you I am two hours outside of Dallas right now, about a month after when the Winter Classic is. It gets really cold. We just had a bad uh, storm this past week. But it's not like you, you're not relying on cold weather at any point in Texas. So that's not your excuse, Gary. So we're going to put it in Boston and act like the Bruins have not had a winner. Let me pull that up. How many winter classics have the Bruins been in? I want to see. Is there a record? Okay. So here we go. So the first one, 2008, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, no. Detroit, Chicago in the next one, no. Fenway Park back in 2010. Fenway Park has already had one. So Boston's in one, okay? Washington, Pittsburgh, no. Rangers, Flyers, no. Leafs, Red Wings. Yeah, okay. Sorry, I read it weird because it got postponed. Okay, uh, Leafs, Red Wings, Blackhawks, Capitals, Canadians, Bruins. There's a second one. Blackhawks, Blues, Rangers, Sabres. Bruins, another one. Um, okay, so three winter classics so far out of the uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen of them. Okay, Gary. And like I said, um, Fenway Park has already hosted one. There are so many interesting markets in the National Hockey League that the winter classics could be played in. There's, they've done it in Pittsburgh, you know, of course, I'm a um, Pittsburgh fan, so I'm always going to say Pittsburgh first. Pittsburgh's played in two of them. We don't need to host a third, um, or we don't need to be in a third anytime soon. There's so many teams that have it. Chances are the Winter Classic is not going to be played in Canada. Um, We might see, like, a Canadian team come to play an American team in the States. I really did, because they have the Heritage Classic which I think is kind of their equivalent. I feel like the they're trying to make the Winter Classic like an American New Year's Day tradition. And that's fine. You know, little bias, but it's okay. Um, think of all the interesting places you could put this. Okay, good for Minnesota that got one. I would have said them. Um, Buffalo hasn't hosted one since 2008. You could give them one. Uh, Carolina has not hosted a Winter Classic. They have not played in one either. They are getting the... Uh, stadium series at Carter Finley, uh, where uh, I believe that's stadium where University of North Carolina Tar Heels play. So they got an outdoor game. Uh, let's see who else could uh, Nashville have they? They've okay, so they've played in Dallas when they played in the Cotton Bowl. So we're gonna scratch Nashville. Columbus could yeah, you could play where Ohio State plays. They have a stadium. Um, so you got Columbus you could do it with. Philadelphia has hosted one, but that was back in 2012. I know they've played enough. We don't need to do Philly again. Let's see. Who else could they do? Uh, St. Louis could host one. They've played one recently, but they have not hosted. So I'll give them a break there. Oh, gosh, you can do West Coast. Let's give it to Seattle if it doesn't rain. Let's let's do – hell, let's – no, San Jose is probably a little pushing it. Though they have done a stadium series in Los Angeles before, so I guess they could theoretically do it in San Jose. Um, the Avalanche, give them a Winter Classic. Play it a, a mile high. Oh, 
that will be tough on the players, but it would be interesting to watch. Play it in mile high. See what the altitude is going to be like of them having to play the Winter Classic and outdoor hockey game in Denver, Colorado. Shout out to Michael. Michael, if you hear this, so the po- Michael's one of my coworkers from uh, live near Denver. So if you get to this point in the podcast, tell me at work. I'm not going to tell you otherwise about this. So I will anxiously await that. Uh, shout out to him. Yeah, he's great. He actually listens to this and comes to work and tells me that I learned about the hockeys yesterday. So good for him learning about the hockeys. Um, let's see who else could host it. Uh, Colorado, Dallas has already done it. Inevitably, when Houston, oh no, Houston's so damn warm, they might have trouble. Um, so yeah, Colorado will be probably my first pick to get one, and then Nashville could host one, and I think it's Nissan Stadium in Nashville. Uh, that would be fun. But just stop giving it to the same damn teams. Like, it's always Boston, Chicago, New York. Like, St. Louis has hosted one. I forgot about that one. Blues-Blackhawks in 2017 at Bush Stadium. Completely forgot about that. Might be. Even Buffalo's got a handful of them. And who watches Sabres games? Uh, Uh... so, yeah, that's where they're going. I'm actually more excited for the stadium series at Carter-Finley because I think the Hurricanes are more of a marketable team than the Bruins at this point because at least the Hurricanes are looking like they're going to be something in 12 months or the Bruins might be on the verge of falling apart. Um, that might do it for today's episode. We've already hit the 25-minute-and-a-half mark. Um, today's episode flowed quite well. It was, it was a lot of a rant episode. I'm sorry to anyone if it gives you a headache while listening. Um, needed to get a rant out about everything that happened over the past weekend. Um, like it's the Super Bowl this week, so I should get uh, my stuff to sort out. Uh, putting out articles for Back Sports page this week. I uh, should have my logins tomorrow, so we should... Get some stuff posted this week. I might get the opportunity to interview some players ahead of the Super Bowl. I'm not making any promises, but I'll definitely be in some post-game stuff. Don't know if I'd be able to get a question, but I'm going to try my best because I actually haven't got a question into a player in person yet. Um, so it should be a really exciting week. Um, as always, follow my social medias. Any feedback is appreciated. Uh, the links, as always, are going to be in the description. So please like, download, listen, whatever. Give me a follow, whatever y'all going to do on whatever platform y'all are on. Uh, I want to thank you again, and I will see you next Sunday.